Welcome to Processing Purpose, a business and lifestyle podcast committed to having honest conversations about the stuff in our lives that is often suppressed, ignored, or overlooked. We are two brothers from very different backgrounds, but with one common goal. From entrepreneurship to relationships, from hobbies to house projects, nothing is off limits as we process becoming the best version of ourselves in business and life. We're back. We're back in action. Number three. Number three. I'm excited. We still haven't lost momentum after three. What's that? We still haven't lost momentum after three. We gained a new listener though. My mom now. <laughs> One at the table. Thanks, mom. Thanks, Gail. <laughs> I love you. You know that. Uh, but you know what? I'm just grateful to be back. Like I had mentioned this morning before we got started. This for me is all about expression. I just love sharing my life with people. And if it can help somebody cool, otherwise, then it's just um, probably pretty... Uh, pretty vain <laughs> you know in the in our first episode and uh you had talked about why are you doing this i'm not sure i actually talked about yeah please why do. i was doing this <clears throat> yeah, and do. I, I like you i think it's uh i think there's a contribution element um i also think it's fun um but i think as i've been thinking about it the other reason why i'm doing it is posterity yeah and, is, I, and I love that part. I, which I really is just kind that. of like a, a record. And people know what posterity is. I don't have to explain that to them. But I, I wish I had. I mean, how cool would it be to go back and listen to your grandfather, your great grandfather? I would do it in a heartbeat. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I wish I uh, could, actually. I really wish I could. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, I had a great relationship with my grandfather on my mother's side. Um, and on was my that mo- Jake? That was Jake, yeah. yeah. And on my mom's side, you know, uh, all farmers, ranchers, um, yeah. but like for like three or four or six, I don't even know generations. Um, do you think that's where your stoicism comes from? <laughs> it could be, <laughs> you know, the farmer, the farmer mentality is very like, Hey, we're just going about our business. Roll, roll with the punches for sure. Yeah, I'm just here to make sure I don't get fined. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really? Um, so I think it'd be cool to have that record. Um, whether my kids listen to it or not, you know, Sure, maybe. Yeah, they but will. I think they will. But uh, you know, to have to have something that that lives on, I think, is kind of interesting, and the the thoughts evolve. And yeah, sure. I mean, if we can gain a following and people actually want to listen to us because we're a little quirky and maybe say something in a different way than somebody yeah. else did, I don't think we're gonna say anything new. But you know, maybe yeah. we say it in a different way that they're able to go, oh, you know, yeah. I hadn't thought about that. I, you know, that's that's pretty cool. Well, and I think a relatable perspective, I think, is always something that we can tune into, right? Like, I hear so many things regurgitated in different ways, yet it's like the living word, right? Like, it just changes its its meaning as seasons evolve, really. Uh, And I'm grateful for that. I want to say, too, I've been uh, urging this guy to teach for a long time, and Mm. I think... Personally, I believe that's that's a trajectory he should be on. I think that's absolutely one of your skills um, and a major talent of yours. Whether or not you feel just or ready for it, so to speak, or no. uh, maybe seasoned enough to be able to give uh, sound advice to people, I think you, you're beyond that because you've already done that for me. Luke's been a mentor to me for a really, really long time. We've become good friends, and we know once we cross that friend plane, you're kind of there. It's hard to go back, but I heed his advice every step of the way so uh sure listen to my antics but this guy has a lot of amazing business advice you know um i've been told by a couple of people that i should do some consulting Mm -hmm. you know life coaching things like that and i do i get juice from it um i had a i for a for a friend that i have they called me up and said hey can you talk me through the next steps on what we're working on this was last week and i was like yeah of course you know jump on my calendar right i spent an hour with them and i had a ball you know i i really enjoyed it um i got a little bit of energy from it part of that was because of who it was and i know that they'll actually go and do it right i think what holds me back is not wanting to sell myself Ah, right. Not want, promotion. Not wanting to convince you that you should hire me because sure. I can teach you something, and right. I don't know where those two things intersect, right? Um, right. But I think it's along the lines of that gradually, then suddenly conversation. I think that's going to be true for any endeavor, right? Yeah. So you're going to feel uncomfortable. I became a consultant overnight. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be uncomfortable in it for a bit, and I think, you know, for me, especially in real estate, 
self-promotion is everything. I go through, uh, you know, 40 to 50 to 60 interviews a year and it can get exhausting, but it doesn't feel that way anymore because I don't have to go chase that faded line all the time. Yeah. You know, as eight, nine, 10 years into this, now that business is starting to come back and I can walk into the room with a lot more confidence. But I, I, I think that process exists no matter what. I think sure. you, you have to go through to gradually, then suddenly, and then you're there. And then you're all look around and go, whoa, I'm doing it. You yeah. Know? Well, and who knows? Maybe this will be. Yeah, I hope so. Maybe this will be the, the thing that, um, I don't know, gives people an entryway to learning about me or I don't know. You know. Well, you started this years ago when you formed Stokes Development. Even that thought itself popping into your brain of even if you didn't have the details worked out, like. That started a long time ago. Yeah. You're, you're in it's motion. Like 18. You're in motion. Yeah. Yeah. Side note here, just watching you lean on the table there, your camera's bouncing shaking? all over. Sorry, so guys. they might be in, right, like, ready to vomit. <laughs> Taking on. Yeah, we're on a boat right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll find out in post whether or not it actually made a difference, but I was cool. just noticing. Uh, topic. Okay. So you we've talked about execution a couple times now. Yeah, we, we alluded to, cover to that it. For sure. yeah. And it's important. I mean, I... Unfortunately, uh, your ideas are great uh, when you execute on them. Yeah, they're, they're just ideas, and they're not literally nothing until you execute. Well, I think you can take a, a great idea with poor execution, or a mediocre idea with excellent execution, and win with the latter. Totally, I do. I think I think execution is really underrated. Um, and I think people get wrapped around the glamour or the sexiness of their idea and not forget, but delay or wait, or they're waiting for that perfect moment. We've talked about getting your ducks in a row and like right. to execute and yeah, maybe you have a perfect idea. I, I've yet to see one. <laughs> yeah. And, and Ultimately, it comes down to aggressive execution on great ideas. You know, I'm going to share too. My buddy Will is uh, has been an angel investor for years. He's a business incubator. He helps small tech businesses incubate and get off the ground. Uh, you know, gather funding for things <clears> like that. And I shared. You know, I I was in Alaska with him last year, uh, floating down the Connectock River, which was an incredible experience. But sharing a lot of ideas with him along the way. And he wasn't that enthusiastic about it. And mm. uh, I kind of called him out on it. And he said, here's the deal, man. I, I, I mean, no offense, but I, I don't care about ideas. Mm. I care about execution. Hmm. And he just left me with that. And I sat with that like, okay, I need to stop being an ideas guy. I need to be an execution guy. We don't, it's not, no, not it's stop. not one or the yeah. other. Yeah, it's and. It's and, it's, and. it's, it's yeah. let's add to this, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you, right. Your ideas guy. It just is what it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, you came in here today. We still haven't named our podcast, by the way. And you came in here today with another idea, <laughs> right? That's just that's, that's just what I, you do. That's who I am. Which but is you are great. But you are Mr. Execution. You I are. There, actually, I want to share this too. <clears throat> I remember being on a steelheading trip. Actually, I don't know if I can point the camera that way, but there's an awesome. Well, they can see it in the in that oh, camera. Oh, awesome! So you can see this, this photo here, of, right? of Luke and his dad, Ken. Holding an awesome steelhead. Actually, Ken got about four or five of those babies, man. It was super fun to see him get excited about that. Um, but anyway, on that steelheading trip, Ken had mentioned, um, he goes, you know what? I've always thought and believed my son is such a great, accurate thinker. Mm. And I remember thinking, like, that seems... Uh, rig there's a rigidity to that mm. comment that I thought, huh. But the more I've gotten to know Luke, the more we've evolved our friendship the more I've realized his dad is absolutely right. Mm, and so execution for you, I actually think is pretty exciting. I think you get, I think you get your, your energy up when you start to execute. Well, that's where we find whether or not this is going to work. Yeah. Like, cause I, I'm not an ideas guy. So if I have an idea, I stop <laughs> yeah. like, Oh, I got an idea. Right. Let's go execute. Yeah. Oh, that didn't work. Let's see if I can come up with another idea. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get tired of that? Do you get tired of of going down a trail and realizing, eh, that's not for me? Or um, no, or is that just part of your process? No, that's just part of the process. I get anxiety when I don't have a trail to go down. Oh. It's like, oh, what am I going to do next? And there's a bit of like angst in the 
the waiting, the trying to find it, like right. action kind of like cures that, that unrest sure. for me. Uh, and the, the waiting to, to get to the point where I, I know what the action is, yeah. is, is the, the hard part. Yep. And I, I did want to talk about too, just our experience over the weekend with, uh, family lines. Yeah. So Luke and I, uh, serve on a board, uh, uh for a nonprofit called family lines. It's a fly fishing nonprofit, um, incredible organization. And we've been a part of it for a while now. Luke's been a part of it longer than I. And anyway, long story short is we were trying to get over the mountains, over the Cascade Mountains to um, the west side, uh, western Washington, and the conditions have just been poor. Um, Great for skiers, for sure, by all means, but driving conditions poor. So we were trying to figure out how to get over there. didn't work out. Uh, A couple people had to cancel for different reasons. Just so many circumstances were making us all go, let's not do this. I mean, this just feels like a complete disaster of a day. Let's just fold it up. However... Uh, we continued on and we made it, we made it happen. We, we yeah. brought, brought it together with the people that could be there. Uh, and it turned out to be very valuable in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, great example. Value. We'll, we'll, we'll wait to see, right? There's sure. still some like, is this going to be as helpful as it felt? But I think we were both going into it going, I don't really want to go to this board meeting. Yeah. Like, yeah, it felt that way. I want to be around the people. I like the people, but I don't. It's just been, it's been difficult. It's been heavy topics, things like that. And so, yeah, I hope it was helpful. And I guess we'll find out as we go ahead, but you're right. Nothing goes according to plan. So, and I bring that up in terms of execution, right? Even though you have a full out plan to execute anything, there just are obstacles. There are unknowns, uncertainties, things that come up and it's about how you handle it. It really is about how you emotionally and mentally, um, plow through the hardships. Yeah. Yeah, it's not we get we get kind of I don't know if you guys seen the meme, but we get kind of this this thing where we think the the entrepreneur journey kind of looks like this. Right. And in reality it's like this. <laughs> and then it's like really high and then it's down here yeah. and then it's you're swimming and fighting off alligators and then you have a ladder to come up and a zip line across and then you fall off the cliff and Right. How do you stomach that? <clears throat> A lot of people can't. So how do you do it? Hmm. Uh, not very well sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's... I appreciate that. It's difficult. You know, uh, there are definitely times where you're going, am I cut out for this? Yeah. Like, this is not fun. This is hard. Um, and I think as um, humanity in general, we crave certainty. Hmm. And the entrepreneur journey is void of certainty from the go. Do you, do, you just won- do you wonder if you're drawn to hobbies that rely on you and you only for a reason? Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, there's, there aren't a lot of hobbies. You know what I mean? Fly fishing, yeah. golfing, skiing. Yeah. Like, you, you have no one to look at and blame for anything. If you didn't execute and have a high performance day, it's your fault. It's on me. Yeah, do you think you're attracted to that for a reason? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I I did the only team sport I ever played was baseball. I think I only played that to like seventh grade. So sure. it's not like I had a lot of track record to or a lot of like experience in that environment. Um, so that could be partly why I favor, you know, just going and yeah, getting out and relying on myself. Um And is it a and is it driven by personal challenge? That, yeah. Possibly. Like are you a person that's like, I just love personal challenge. I just want to challenge myself every step of the way. I love growth. Okay. I think mm, as much as anything, like when things are growing, me. How do you measure that? Business. Well, I think that's relative. Sure. I think it depends on what it is that you're talking about. If you're talking about personal growth, that is as simple as did the head voice respond differently when that person said that thing again? Right. It could be as simple as that as like, Oh, I didn't immediately judge that person or, or whatever the context is right for business. It could be, Oh wow. We got more clients this month or we hit a revenue goal or, or it just simply, I know I did the work that I need to, to grow. Sometimes it just comes down to not the goal, but as much the process. 
sure of just doing what you know you need to do for growth and also can you also can you clarify a little bit too when it comes to execution i've i've really revered the way you approach um analyzing an option or an opportunity mm. because you research you study you slow down you analyze the numbers i'm a guy that wants to go 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 i've I, i've self-proclaimed anyway some form of add so i'm always moving <laughs> around he knows that yeah. I'm, my attention's always shifting squirrel Right, totally. I mean, that's me to a T. But, um, but I'd say it's actually I, I probably find more opportunities because I'm so uh, sure. hypersensitive to all that. But um, I really revere that about you. You really take the time to analytically approach all opportunities. And anyway, just clarify execution on a level of um, uh, expediency. Right. Yeah. That that speed is not always the goal. Yeah, but it's also a balance because you can overanalyze. Sure. sure. Right. So you have to go what. What information do I have access to? And an entrepreneur excels at making decisions with limited information. <sighs> Write that down. That's I mean, that, that's really what it, yeah. it, you're not going to have all the information. You're not going to have all the data points. You're going to make decisions in the dark. You know what? I've heard it said there's two facts in business. You'll never have it figured out and you'll never feel ready. <laughs> like, okay, then what's stopping me from starting? You just, he, here's how I look at execution. And I, let's talk, I also want to come back to degree 33 because we mentioned that in yeah. the first episode. I think it's a fantastic case study in execution. I really do. Yeah. But I look at, I look at two primary concepts and I've mentioned this a little bit in previous episodes when it comes to execution. What does it look like if it was simple? Right. Because we can make anything we want more complicated. But how do we know if we're complicating it? Like, how do we make sure we keep things simple? What questions would we ask? Things like that. What would it look like in its simplest form? Okay. If if this was... I, I think all too often we look at something and go, well, that's too simple. It can't work that way. Do how, do you, how do you know? Do you think in terms of like when you thought of Degree 33, I'm the type of guy that would go, oh, I need a logo, I need shirts, I need hats and all that. And you're going, no, you need to sell a surfboard. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like you can't have all that without this first. Yeah. It's a cart before the horse thing. Right. And not that the cart's not important. Right. But unless you have a horse. You just have a cart. You just have a tent, right? <laughs> With wheels. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, it's, there's, there's an order to the thing, to, to things. Um, but you can definitely overanalyze it. You can make things too complicated. And expediency, simplicity promotes expediency. Right. Because complication creates delays. Right. And so if you can try something simply, even if it's like, I don't think this is going to work, but this is the very basic level that I could execute this at, go and do it. What did that look like for degree 33? Yeah. So... We talked a little bit about the idea in episode one of like, I saw that the beginner market for, uh, for surfing wasn't getting serviced. Right. And so I was like, I want to see if we can sell surfboards to this particular market. And the story of how we located a manufacturer and all of that, I'm not sure it's relevant for this, for this moment, but we had to track down someone that would sell us surfboards. And what we did is the first thing is what does this look like if it were simple and simple at that time was, can I sell surfboards on Craigslist? Right. That's, I was like, can, do people even want to buy this? Is there a market? It, are people buying right. surfboards kind of in the blind, if you will, right. without a no the knowledge of a shop, without that, are people willing to do that? And so I ran into minivan. And I took every dollar I had in my savings account. What color was the minivan? It was kind of like a light blue. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I still even, have, actually in that photo even album. more matronly. <laughs> one of those photo albums right over there next to you. I actually have a picture of it. Do you of really? the minivan. All right. We'll find it at yeah. some point. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, it's a whole book over there on like kind of the process, the journey of that business. Um, but we rented a minivan. I took every dollar in my savings account, which was $4,000. That's all I had to my name. And I drove, we were living in San Diego. I drove up to Orange County and I bought 14 surfboards. That's how many $4,000 would buy me. 
I bought 14 surfboards out. and I stuffed them in the back of this minivan. The, the door wouldn't close. We had to like wrap them, strap them in. A fairly low risk venture, really. I mean, four grand for, for some, by all means, I don't want to make it sound like it was it's every nothing. penny it's, I had. It's a lot of money. Yeah, it could be a lot of money. But in, in the grand scheme of things, that's a pretty low risk business test. Yep. So to speak. Yep. So we bought 14, shoved them in the back of this minivan. I took them back to my apartment, unwrapped them because they were all in bubble, unwrapped them. Took a photo of it, front and back, and put it on Craigslist. And I did that for all 14, and it took me two weeks to sell them. Did you did you do them one at a time or all at the same time? No, I did each. Each one was a different post. Okay. Yeah, so okay. I had 14 different posts because each one looked a little bit different, was sure. a little bit different length, and so on and so forth. And I just posted them on Craigslist, and we sold them in two weeks. All I did is mark them up 100 bucks. That's surfboard a day. Yeah, it was a surfboard a day. Um, and I marked it up a hundred bucks. Just, you know, let's, yeah. I gotta be able to make money on this. So well, you gotta, you gotta figure out where your price index is too. You gotta test the market. Yeah. And, and that wasn't, we weren't price testing at that time. We sure. were just idea proofing is what right. we were doing. Concept proofing. Um, and so then I had $5,400 and I went back and I bought, I don't know, whatever an additional $1,400 would awesome. buy me, you know, 21 boards or something like that. And did it again. And I went, okay. Like there's more people that are interested in this. Maybe there's something here. And and at that point I had had a little bit of experience with some e-commerce and some digital marketing and things like that. And so um, after we did it, we did it three times where we went up and bought and, and sold and went up and bought and sold. I was like, I bet you I can sell these, you know, if I build a website. Yeah. So I built a website. We still didn't have a name. I mean, my last name is Stokes. So we, created a name called Stokes Surfboards. It helps when you're in Southern California to have a last name Stokes. I mean, it <laughs> it's pretty perfect, actually. <laughs> and yet that wasn't the name that we ended up being. Yeah. I love Degree so, 33. It's so, a yes. Cool name. Okay. I have a name that's Stokes. Stoke is a very common word, you know, theme within surfing. Right. But that's not why it worked. Because right. I had the name Stokes. Because that's not even the name of the business. Right. That's where we started because we didn't know anything. So we started stoked surfboards and continued to sell them on Craigslist. And um, and I built a website and we'd take pictures of them and put them on the website. And we'd sold a few on the website and we did some pay-per-click ads. But we didn't have names, logos, brands, colors. We still weren't getting boards with our name on them. Right. Like, See, I didn't, and I didn't learn any of Degree 33, anything about it until... Uh, until I came down to Southern California with Brooke and you guys had a full on warehouse, a showroom, a board shaping facility. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like this went from a tiny little, you know, storage unit operation yeah. out of a minivan to full blown business. And I got to tell you, man, for someone that was someone who was kind of in the beginning stages of that stirring of an entrepreneur, right? Just learning and looking around going, oh my Lord, I want some more of this. I want to learn more of this. And so uh, anyway, he'll share more about those details as we go here. But man, I gotta, I just want to quickly insert, this didn't stay that way. This became a really awesome, amazing, cool operation in Southern California. Yeah, and and the the second idea when I, when I talk about execution is weaved through that. So the first one is, what does this look like if it were simple? But the second one is, what's the next obvious step? Hmm. And and pro tip here, if it's not obvious, it's not the right step. Yeah, so if you're getting too creative, probably if, if not you're right. having to force it, sure. You know, you're right. You're getting too creative. Like, what's the next obvious step? And so that's why for us, the obvious step was, well, let's see if we can sell these on Craigslist. Okay, we checked that box. Yeah. I wonder if I can build a website and sell them on the website with some pay per click ads. Right. That was the next obvious step because I had a background in websites and marketing and stuff. So we did that. Okay, this works there too. Right. All the time, all the while, I still had a full-time job. I was a sales manager for a dot-com in Sterno Valley there. So I'm, I'm doing this, you know, between 5 and 8 p.m. at night is what I'm doing. That is a great lesson, you guys. Look, like everybody wants to jump ship from their job and go build an awesome empire. Cool. But most entrepreneurs don't do it that way. Most have to hustle overtime, yeah. extra time, weekends, holidays, things like that, sacrificing 
uh, those moments to push your idea forward. Yeah. That's the difference maker. I mean, I've heard it said you make a living between nine and five, but you make a life between five and nine. Woo. Oh, write that one down. I haven't heard that. That's good. I yeah. Like that. You know, it's, it, you're going to, part of the, the irony is that part of this podcast is balance, right? And, we're, right. and, and that's going to be topic that you're going to see that weave through is making sure that you make time for the important things. But there's also going to be a time to grind. Yeah. And there is a period, there's a season. Now this was pre-kids for us, so it was easier. Right. But there is a season when you're starting something new that you just have to grind your face off. That's just what it is. But you need to know it's it's not in vain. You got to be ha- you got to be moving in a direction. You're looking for that next obvious step. So the next obvious step was to build a website and sell surfboards. We checked that box. Right. Then it was like, okay, if I spend more money to on these ads, can I sell more surfboards? Can I can I can I scale it? Right. In other words, can I raise the amount right. of volume that I'm selling? Is there more than 20 people out there? Right. Yeah. And we did. And we checked that box. And then it was like, okay, can I sell these for more? Right. Then we did some price testing. Right? And we, I sold, I was selling them for $100 over. But then I, you ended up going to Hong Kong and and actually sourcing the boards out yourself, correct? We did. Yeah. We did. But that that was a that we we are we had already changed. That was two years down the line. Okay, so you're not even there yet. We're not there yet. We're 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 you know can I a hundred dollars a board is not enough. That's hobby. Sure. That that's not that's not a business. That, there's not enough margin in it to create a business. Correct. Yeah. So it was like, can we sell these for two hundred dollars more? Can we sell it for two fifty more? Like, where's price has what's called an elasticity to it. Right. Where's that elasticity on how much we can charge before they jump and looks elsewhere? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then once all that happened, we still were under the name of Stoked Surfboards. And then we went through a bit of, there was another company on the East Coast that had the name Stoke. We were stoked, but in the world of trademarks, you're infringing. Right. And so we had we had to make a pivot. Um, we were forced to make a pivot. How, how was that emotionally? Was that hard for you? Because your identities yeah. built into that a bit. Yeah, it was tough. Okay. You know, partly because I felt bad. Like I, I wasn't trying to step on anybody's toes or hurt anybody sure. else's brand. But it was, you know, it was still related to my last name. And I was yeah. like, this kind of was personal. Yeah. And and in the end, the point of this is it didn't matter. We did our biggest growth after we did a full name change. And we had done logos. We ended up doing logos for the stoked surfboards and and making boards with lo- with our brand on it. And we had all that. And we had to tear it all down. We had to start over. And a great example of what is perceived as a, as a disaster potentially, and it turned into greatness. Well, there you have to be able to, again, coming back to making decisions with inadequate information, you have to take the information that you're being given and be willing to take your idea and move with it. Yeah. An example of this was at that time, we were selling... Um, what the industry calls pop-outs. Okay. Yeah. This is a, a mass produced, uh, overseas surfboard. I had found somebody in, in orange County that would sell them to me <clears throat> and we were selling pop-out boards okay. and we could created one of the things that was the downside of coming into the surf industry, being from the Pacific Northwest, growing up on a farm. In, in other words, the antithesis of being a surfer is that you don't understand everything that came before you. And surf industry is very rich with culture okay. who came before what was their their you know the soul of it there's there's a lot of metaphysical talk within the surf industry okay. and we just we were the walmart of that right you know and that doesn't that's not to downplay walmart but people have said that walmart doesn't have a soul right there's an element of just like stack it deep and sell it cheap right okay right. and that's what we were for the surf industry and we created a lot of animosity. Yeah. Like a lot of friction. So much hate. It was mind boggling. Like people calling us, sending us emails. Wow. Posting Photoshop like stuff of my wife's face on other things in forums. Like, whoa. We had people following us around in town, like paparazzi style. Like so the taking pictures, a little sour as it's, well. It, There's a little bit of. They a, were a little salty. Wow. Over our, no we pun were, intended. <laughs> we right. We were disrupting the industry. 
Yeah, nobody likes a disruptor. We were coming but, in and saying, you guys don't need the surf shops. Those guys are a bit, you know, you can use whatever expletive you want there. Right. But they were they were very harsh. And yeah. so we were coming in and saying, bypass those guys. You don't need it. And when all of a sudden you take the main core piece of the industry and say that you're irrelevant, they didn't like that. And so we were in a place where we were going, this was kind of all at the same time where we were dealing with name issues and everything else. And we were at a spot where we were like, we either commit to this vector of full disruption or that's, that's the wrong way to think about it. This vector of not caring mm. what the surf industry it's is happening. trying to sell us, trying to say to us, or we disrupt, but in alignment to surf, surf culture without ignoring everybody that had come before us, without saying that they're unimportant. So again, turning that or to an and instead it's of an going, and. It's, you can do both. Yeah. You don't have to be this renegade. Sure. Maybe there's times where you have to be, you know, the renegade disruptor. Right. But you can still be disruptive while taking in by, while being empathetic. And there's place for both products, place for both markets because, or demographics, because like, for example, when we first started out in fly fishing, right? The $100, $150 rod, that's sufficient. A five-weight, $150 sure. rod, you can get away with about 85 to 90% of all fishing scenarios with that particular rod. But any of us that have been in the game long enough that have played around with other tools and, and different rod sizes, things like that, you realize, oh, there are specific tools for a specific job. And as you grow into it, right, you went and got an amazing Sage X, which I'm jelly about. <laughs> uh, but that Sage X just took it to a different level in terms of feel and sensitivity. All those sorts of things play into it. Point is, is the beginner surfer doesn't need to go out and buy, no, you know, five thousand dollar board. They need to buy. They need to get something they can get their feet wet, right? Yeah. And and feel it out. And then as they get better, go. Oh, I, I'm ready for that next step. And and degrees thirty three serves that that market so well there like you said it's an and we're helping you get to the next level yeah we are the beginning step to get them to go into the surf shop right and and once we could kind of and we had to change our language we had to change we had to change our product right so it, it, it we didn't stop selling um overseas boards but what we did is we added that's when the shaping came in. That's when the shit we hired it. We hired a shaper, a guy that's been doing it for forty-five years. How he's still alive with all those fumes in there? I have no idea. <laughs> well, there's a difference between the glassing and the shaping. Oh, okay. so gotcha. But um, we hired a shaper. We created our own designs. We had him create our own designs. We built our own shaping bays. We started building boards right there in Southern California, and we started having that upper level the more soulful product that, right. that the core of the industry respects while still having a more budget product that the beginner to surfer demands right and so we kind of brought those two pieces together while the rest of the industry was ignoring them right changed our name not because that was all happening it just happened to be are you on the 33rd parallel? Is that why? Yeah. Is it San Diego? Okay. Yeah. That's so the county, it's about where Solana Beach is, for those of you that know San Diego, is the 33rd parallel. So oh, okay. 33 degrees north of the equator. So we were degree 33. It just rolls really well. It works great. It was all Holly. That's my wife. It was all Holly. She came up with the name. Yeah. She's smarter than both of us. Yeah, she is. <laughs> um, so, but, you know, and, and obviously there's a lot more nuance to that. And, you know, maybe there'll be other topics where we get to, but. What does it look like if it were simple? Let's just from like, let's go back to the beginning. If you have an idea, what's the most basic first step you can take right? while being productive? Because it's really easy. Productive is a relative term, I recognize, but it's really easy to be like, well, the next obvious thing is to develop a logo or to choose. Right. What's the next obvious step to keep it simple, to prove that the concept will work? Right. Yeah, proof and concept is key. Most people don't do their market research when they when they have an idea. They jump in. They think it's going to work no matter what just because they're really pretty or <laughs> really funny or whatever else. They think yeah. they're going to add to the product. And unfortunately, without that 
you know, predetermination, whether or not it's going to work, you, you, you literally can just fall down a rabbit hole if you're not careful. Well, and if I would have waited until I had learned enough, known enough, been ready enough, if you will, at what degree 33 ultimately ended up being, which right. was the number one direct consumer surfboard company in the world. Right. If I'd have waited till what degree 33 was at the point at which we made that happen, that never would have happened. I couldn't learn enough. Yeah. I couldn't know enough to know what degree 33 needed to be to change the world. Right. I only could see my little lens of, well, I mean, the beginner surfer needs surfboards. I wonder if I can sell them on Craigslist. It literally is at times one day at a time. It really it's, is. It so is. I mean, that's cliches, but cliches are cliches for a reason. Yeah, they're typically true. They're typically true. Yeah. And I, I also see execution uh, in a few different ways too, right? Like yeah. the grind, planning, and reflection. And I think the reflection okay. piece is what most people miss out on, and that's something you do really well. And I also want to be specific to what the grind is for me personally. Yeah. Grind it, well, let me define it a little differently. Successful people are people that are willing to do all the things unsuccessful people are not willing to mm. do. And the grind for me is doing those things I don't want to do, mm. but I know they need to be done in order to push the ball forward. And so when we talk about execution, it's not all grind, right? I think you, you almost get exhausted by the concept like, oh, I got to execute today. Oh. Well, yeah. there are days you have to put in the grind, no doubt about it. And I'd argue maybe even at times more days than not, but sure. You have to work in planning. You have to really put pen to paper. So important to just put notes down on paper. It one is it brings an idea to life for one, and two it simplifies that idea. It it bring anything that can overwhelm you, right? You start blowing this idea up, and you start getting 10, 20 years in the future, like oh my god, how am I supposed to get there? Bring it all back down, put it onto a piece of paper, so it becomes a lot more tangible right mm -hmm. in front of you. But reflection is just as important. Taking the yeah. time to look back and go, okay, what has been done? What is this? shown me what does this prove what next steps can i take without the reflection piece you you will experience burnout sooner than you want i like the question what story does this tell mm. yeah yeah right because there's and right here or if you're looking at execution tell the story i have i have a, a note that i keep on my desk here and the bold part of it the the bold part of it is what story will today's decisions tell Ooh. Because the decisions that you make today tell tomorrow's story. They and, do. And there and then I have six questions in here that I that I try and ask myself. Go over them, please. I this was unplanned, so yeah, I love this, this was kind of totally stuff. off the cuff. Am I investing in making myself better? Am I focused on the right things in my business? Mm, the rocks, the big rocks. Tell that after this, though. By the way, that All was right. an awesome story. Is my health and personal care a priority? Oh, man, your, your relationship with your physical body is huge. What am I grateful for today? Mm, gratitude. This is a big one for me. Should I be celebrating? <laughs> you know, I'm going to make a note that we do an episode on celebration. Yeah. Because as entrepreneurs, and I have one more question here, but as entrepreneurs, and I am so guilty of this. We don't celebrate the wins. Thank because, you for saying that because I literally was like, I'm terrible at that. Because we, we have this destination. We have this vision of where we're going, mm -hmm. which, by the way, is always evolving. Yeah. It's not like we ever land at that destination because as we grow, that destination moves. But we don't celebrate the wins of today. Right. The new client that you got today. The new product that you successfully launched today right the 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 first sale of that new product that you got today right celebrate so that's something that i try and and turn back on myself because you have to enjoy this process is it possible to even make celebration a part of execution or are those two different things I think it's two different things, but I never considered it. I just thought I'd throw it out. There. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, you know, it'd be interesting if it's like part of your execution plan was step one, celebrate what you accomplished yesterday. 
seriously. I, that could fundamentally reshape your how you think throughout the day. Yeah. And the last question is, am I making my team and those around me better? What decisions, what story are the decisions that I'm making today going to tell? And, and when you're talking about reflection, which, yes, yeah. I am 100% on board with making sure that you evaluate or debrief, depending on how you want to put in context there, what happened yesterday, what, what, what worked, right? what didn't. Not what failed. There's a book out there. For the, my, oh, there's a kid's book. There's a great kid book. Sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. <laughs> I love that. There's no failure. There's just learning. But reflecting on that, right? Yeah. And, and maybe even sitting in that for a little bit. I actually put out a post years ago, uh, but I, I came across, I stumbled across my first photo next to my real estate sign. And I had a... <laughs> Uh, button-down shirt, shorts, and some Vans uh, skateboard shooting <laughs> skateboard shoes on, looking like a dip, little dip city. Um, <laughs> but what it did really quick was like, oh my gosh, look how far I've come, you know, and how easy yeah. it is to keep your sights on what's ahead of you. But it's really hard, or I wouldn't say hard, but it's rare, I guess, to take time and look back and see how far you've come. I'll share more about this later. But I lived in a shelter 13 years ago. Mm come a long way right luke has come a long way we've both made incredible progress in our own lives um and i think reflection should absolutely reflection and celebration now that you've said that I, I, are going to be a part of my execution plan i have mm. to make them a part of it i do this was a great speaking of learning i i've probably learned more than you guys have <laughs> during this this conversation um i'm so terrible at celebrating holly holly loves to party Right, I mean, you you would agree. She's good at partying. Her and Brooke are both good at partying. Yeah, I mean, partying. I, I, it, it, just give me something to celebrate. Let's have a party. That that's kind of the and I am. I'm like, check the box. What's next? Yeah, like yeah. I don't even. Do you feel like there's almost a sense of like, <clears throat> and I'm just just in my own head here, but a sense of celebration and contentment. It's almost like I don't deserve it. Yes. There's a sense of like, if I celebrate this, then I'm going to, then I'm, I'm admitting that I've made it and I haven't made it yet. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to suppress that down to make sure that I check myself to take that next step, to take that next level. It's a limiting belief, but a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah, there is. There's something like, yeah, we don't deserve it. There's, there, I'm not it there yet. Appropriate. Yeah. Like I got to prove something else to myself. Uh, what a miss. I, honestly, I mean, I know we say this as if it sounds like we're we're gritty, but I don't like that. You know, it's so funny the the irony in all this is I'm as I'm sitting here. You know, these things evolve as you sit here and talk about it and you think about new things. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I had mentioned that while I was building Degree Thirty Three, I was a sales manager for a dot com in Sereno Valley. So um, I was in sales for a little bit there. Uh, ironically, we were selling. Uh, uh, websites to real estate agents is what we were doing. <laughs> you would probably would have sold me one. I'm yep. easily sold. <laughs> and uh, and so uh, I had a team of 33. We had 33 reps. Um, and uh, one of the things that you do in sales is you celebrate every single sale. Every single time. And I'm in sales. No, you, we don't. You ring the gong. You update the board. You... There's some sort of form. Part of it is social proof so that those around you know that it's possible to sell. Right. But it's still important to be like, I closed that deal. They say employees want nothing more than uh, achievement and recognition, right? They want to be able to achieve things within your world and they want recognition for it. And, um, it, but the fact that we somehow depress ourselves of that satisfaction is really interesting because we need it just as much as an employee needs it. We want to achieve and we want recognition. Um, uh, do we need all of it? No. Cause I, I, again, along with Ronald Reagan's, uh, quote, if everyone's willing to give away, the, you know, give the credit away, like we can achieve a lot of things. And I think that's true in business too, but I'll just, I'll, I'll just say this one last thing about being a leader around people like you were, uh, and are. Um, great leaders, really, your job is to help everyone around you think better. Mm. That's your number one job. Mm. Yeah, I, I like to think of it in terms of helping my employees find their superpower. Awesome. There you go. You know, what is it that they and only they can be doing really, really well 
within right. your business. And if you can help your employees execute well in, in, a, in a different lane of execution, if you will, but do the things that they do well, because sometimes you're going to, you know, I, I think this is an evolution as an employer, but you'll hire people and you'll put them in a position and they suck. And we go, golly, that was a terrible hire. No, you just put them in the wrong position. Yeah, they're so great people with great skill. Yeah. And so f- helping them find their lane to do something for you well is a part of your responsibility. Right. As a leader. Yeah. The best leaders do that extremely well. In fact, I've heard so many stories about great leaders who move the seats on the bus all the time, constantly moving people around on the bus, right? Hey, is this your 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 highest and best skill set for, you know, the vision and mission? Yeah. All right. Another question for you. So we've been talking about speed of execution. That's that's easier to do when you have an idea like myself, where it's like, I have an idea, execute. Right. You're an idea guy. So you have a whole lot of things to choose from. Sure. Potentially. Yeah. Right? How much planning and evaluation do you do prior to going, okay, this is the one I'm going to execute on? You know, well, here, here's how I do it. And I don't know if it's the right way to do it, but it's just how I kind of cope <laughs> with all the, this flood of ideas that enter my brain. Because like, like Luke had mentioned, there's a handful of them that stick and are in, and have some teeth, but the majority of them are kind of fleeting thoughts or maybe once overs. And you think through the details of how that could actually play out. And it turns out it's there, there's a lot of things that I'm unwilling to do to get there. Um, and so when it comes to deciding on an idea, I really just soundboarded off of those who I respect and look up to. Mm. And I know it's exhausting for those individuals to soundboard <laughs> all that all the time. Um, you know, and Luke's always so good about, um, I actually, one of my ideas for the name of this podcast was okay, go because Luke's default response, which I love is every time I throw out a, an idea that I'm excited about his response is okay, go do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Tell me how it goes. I'd love to hear about it. Yeah. Um, but it's really important for me to hear that, um, because I can just swim in a world of ideas for far too long and talk about overanalyzing. It's not so much overanalyzing. It's like overexcitement in a way, like you're just swimming in this world of wonderment instead of just taking the next step to make it come to a reality. Now, of course, you know, when it comes to ideas too, or what you choose to execute on, you have to start to think through what that actually will take because, you're going to have people in your life. You're going to have yeah. priorities in your life that are going to be sacrificed in order for that to come true. And so you got to ask yourself, is this good enough work for me to sacrifice those things? Mm. You have to, you have to believe you're doing great work. If you don't believe you're doing great work, you're going to burn out or just lose interest over time. And you're going to move on to something else. And one of my favorite quotes of all time is anything worth doing is worth doing well. Yeah. And if you're not going to do well at it, don't do it. Just don't do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I soundboard off of people. Uh, if I, for me, I'm. This is this is an evolution and um, a what's the word I'm looking for? Just a realization over the last year that, like, I'm I'm finally after ten years in entrepreneurship, I'm finally starting to learn what excites me. Mm. I really am. It's taken me that long. I've had to grind. I've had to push through. I've had to try different things in different ways to learn what works and what doesn't for me. Um, and I'm finally going like, like this, this is a no brainer for me. And again, I don't care if it's monetized. I don't care if we reach millions of people don't care. I'm expressing myself. I'm loving doing it. And I think that's where, where it's at right now for me. Uh, life is about expression. I just want to express myself how I most naturally. And, um, you you can see it in my face. You can see it. Like I, I light up my whole being lights up and unless those activities and ideas uh, do that for me, I, I don't want to give it any time and attention. You said something there that just was like, whoa. And that, that you had to do a bunch of things to figure out really what turns you on. Yeah. A lot. I, it, yes. Big journey. Because I think, and I know I'm guilty of this. I'm looking for that idea that, that gets my juices flowing. Oh yeah. That's the one. Let's do this. Um, but I think you might be already doing it <laughs> without it, without even knowing it. I think you're already doing the things you love to do on a daily basis, whether or not it's a matter of monetization and whether or not you can pivot and 
makes sense for your family with it. I, I think you're already doing what you love to do. No, I, I do. mean, I do a lot that I love to do, yeah, you do. <laughs> every day between you do. playing and, you know, helping people. And you know, I have a lot of fun and yet there's still that pursuit of sure. that perfect idea that really where, where getting up to do the work is exciting. I heard, I heard Gary V say the other day that he thought laziness was helpful. I love that. Expand on that. And, and he said that laziness, you're not necessarily lazy because you're not worth anything. You're lazy because you're bored. You're lazy because you're doing things that you feel are insignificant and that sure. don't matter. And to use laziness as a trigger to go, I should probably be doing something else because I'm not motivated to do it. Right. And I think that when you're not an idea guy, there's an element of like searching or probing or yearning for, I want to find that idea that just juices me that I can't wait to get up and do. And I hope one day that I'll find it. But what you said there was I had to do a bunch of stuff to figure out what that is. You may have to execute on five, 10, hundred ideas and realize, well, that sucked. That was no fun. Right. I made that one work, but I was miserable. So right. it doesn't matter if that one works. I don't want to do that one. I had a blast doing that, but I cannot make a dime doing that. So right. I'm going to have to do that as a hobby and do something else. Right. There's a process to this all. And I think the execution gets delayed in the altruistic idea of the perfect idea hitting you. Yeah. And I have a mentor, Chris Suarez. Uh, a lot of people were talking about burnout and he simply said, I don't, when I hear you guys say burnout, I don't hear burnout. I hear you're bored. Yeah. And I thought, oh my gosh. But again, that's that indication, that laziness, right? If you find yourself just going through the motions, oh, just barely showing up every day, you're not in the right lane. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's going to be moments of the grind where you're exhausted. Yeah. However, um, I don't know how to explain it outside of the exhaustion doesn't slow you down. Yeah. There's still an energy. Yeah. You're still like, I, this has to be done. Now, let me ask this question. Life is a counterbalance, right? Yeah. There's there's no there's no ten in any category in your life. You, it's if there. Well, let me say this: if there is a ten, something else is a zero. Yes, and you have sacrificed something greatly. And please don't do that. It's it's not good for you or anybody around you. Yeah. Now, since life is a counterbalance, is really if you can get anything in your life, any pillar in your life, whether it be health, relationships, career, whatever it be might be. Uh, if you get to eight, seven, eight, nine, you're, you're feeling pretty confident in, mm -hmm. in that lane. So my question is, is, is it even possible to be all in with an idea? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so. And, and, but I think that that's, that's relative. Are we talking about all in as in I'm, uh, not taking care of my fatherly duties? I think you could do that to the demise of your family. Sure. Uh, are we talking about all in on the idea and no other ideas. In other words, being single-minded in your, your professional pursuit. Absolutely. Yeah. I, for me personally, I don't think I can do that just because of how my brain's wired, but you just have to know yourself. You have yeah. to know how you, how you tick. Yeah. I, I want to take a, a bit of a, a different angle here. We've talked a lot about what execution is, right? What about what execution's not? For those people that are like, oh, man. what? for those people that are like, yeah, man, I've been busy. I've been doing it. I've been grinding. I've been hustling. I, nothing's moving forward. Like, in other words, they've got them faked out, got themselves faked out. What do you think are some of those things that people believe that they're executing on, but are insignificant in the grand scheme of this moment and seeing whether or not your idea works? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know if I've sat in that space before, so I'm just coming up with my unconscious response. Um, yeah, I, we didn't prep for these questions. No, not at all. Uh, execution or execution is not. Um, I'll, I'll just use my the, the agents that I've trained in our office. Uh, a lot of agents uh, close their laptops in the, the day, brush off their shoulders, and feel incredibly accomplished. You know, for making 20, 30 calls a day, right? Just to touch with their clients. 
yet none of them have done anything to convert those clients into showings, then showings into offers and offers into sales. Um, there's just a sense of very surface level execution, surface level approach uh, in checking the box. But to me, the satisfaction comes from moving the client along in a direction toward the end result. Um, and execution is not just simply doing something. Mm. Execution is is uh, intentionally approaching um, a client, uh, a problem, a product, a service uh, with uh, the end goal in mind, always. I guess, I, I don't know. It's I'll not think an e that a little bit. Yeah, think about it. It's not an easy answer. And I had the question, so I automatically had a few things yeah, right, yeah, that, that, I, that I had that. teed up. Execution is not working on your logo. <laughs> Execution is not trying to come up with the perfect name for your business. Execution is also not talking to all your friends about it and doing nothing about it. Yep. Execution is not trying to name your product. Execution is not creating a vision and mission statement. Execution is not rearranging your call list so that it's in the most efficient manner possible for you to go down through it. And I want to take a step back. Mission and vision statement is still important, but in all terms, those things are important. A logo is important. Yeah. In terms of stepping forward in your business, that's not the difference maker, I guess. It's not executing and moving the ball down the field. There is a time and a place. My company was four years old before I created a vision and mission statement. Don't you kind of know what your mission statement is internally anyway? Yeah, it's not for you. It's for your employees. And unless yeah. you have, and for maybe some of your, your clients or those you serve, but it's primarily for your staff. And unless right. you have a staff of 10, you and your one VA that's in the Philippines does not need a vision and mission statement. And you, and really your actions, your behavior, live out your mission statement to yeah. your employees anyway. Yeah. yeah. It does. Not to say it's not important. It's important. It's just not the difference maker as to whether or not you're you're going to succeed or not. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts here, like that we haven't touched on as far as execution goes, or should we just kind of no start I, wrapping it up a little bit? Yeah, I think we can kind of wrap it up, put a bow on it. I yeah. think, I think I've said what I need to say and shared what I needed to share. Um, of course, as this evolves and grows, we'd love to hear your guys' feedback, yeah. questions, comments. Whatever you guys have to add to this, we'd love to carry it over to the next episode and, and keep bringing value. Outside of that, um, I felt like today was a great conversation. Like I said, I feel like I learned more yeah. uh, today than I have in a long time. And thanks to this opportunity and my brother-in-law and my friend. Yeah. So a few few parting thoughts. And thank you for that. Um, it's it's I have a blast. Yeah, I do too. It's fun to talk about. I'm always learning something from you as well. And so it's, it's great. I think as you think about execution you have to answer some questions how do you know that your idea is going to win sure and the truth is you don't it's okay like, I, I was actually when you said that i thought uh, that's actually up to you <laughs> that's up to you yes and no to win. yeah i okay, mean yeah, yeah yeah i guess that's true it, it is there's a, there's an element of you can i mean if you just have a, a an awful idea like <laughs> i'm i'm gonna create squirrel food yeah okay well Yes, the squirrels will love it, but I'm not sure people actually want to buy squirrel food because that's what birdseed is, right? So, I mean, there's there's some things that's sure. just like, come on, really? But the only way you really know is you have to execute to find out. Yeah. You have yeah. to execute to find out. The speed at which you can work through it is underrated. Trial and error. And look for and get excited about when something, quote unquote, fails. I don't really use that word a lot because I think that's not really a thing in business and life. Um, but Gary V loves it. Gary V tries to get things to, to fall apart. He mm -hmm. loves it because then he can rebuild it. He knows what doesn't work so that he can move faster and faster toward what does. Yeah. So, yep. You valid, you got to validate it. Yep. You got to prove to yourself that this is a pursuit worthy of chasing. Mm -hmm. And if you can quickly execute at the simplest level on yep. the most obvious thing, you will move through that quickly and you'll find out, oh, this isn't going to work. Let's go to the next idea or let's look for the next opportunity or, oh, there might be some traction here. Let's take the right. next obvious step. And you may not know until you're two, three, four, five steps down the line and you've killed six months. Right. That's okay. But if you'd have made that six months into 30 days because you went fast, wouldn't it have been better to find out it wasn't going to work in 30 days? That and check your energy levels, right? There's going to yeah. be moments where you're going to feel exhausted. You're going to feel depleted, but 
your energy should still be there if you're really in love with the idea, if yeah. you're really excited about the idea. If you find yourself constantly wondering what you're doing with your life and whether or not you should do this anymore, chances are you probably shouldn't. Yeah. But, um, you know, sometimes it takes a little push to, to push through some of the hardships and the downfalls of, of entrepreneurship. But point is, is check that energy level along the way. Yeah, it's a good tip. Pro tip. Cool. All right. I don't know. I, I think that's it. We'll wrap it up. Episode All right. three. Whoop. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Later, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Processing Purpose. We hope you grabbed a few gold nuggets to take one step forward in your journey of life and business. Please remember to like and subscribe our channel if you'd like to get more content to help you build and grow everything around you. Make today your best day. Today is day one.